it's time for a new episode of TMG. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. I enjoy discovering and sharing real-life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. And welcome to a brand new episode of TMG. Let's tell me something good. I'm your host, Travis Patton Senior. Man, I'm so stoked about tonight's episode. I'm so glad you're joining in. I'm so glad that you're here. Before we get started, you know how I gotta do it, guys. As always, I gotta give you a huge shout out to my biggest supporter, my biggest and my lovely wife, Nicole. Hey, girl, how you doing? I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Guys, look, in a very short time, this show has taken off. And it's being heard in places all around the world. Yeah, places like the Philippines, like Japan, like China. Guys, we're even in Canada and France and Great Britain. I am amazed that people are listening to the show all around the world and of course right here in the united states listen if you have been rocking with pmg since day one for the three years that we've been streaming let me take this time to tell you thank you i really appreciate you maybe though this is your first time tuning in maybe this is your very first time listening to the show man if it is let me tell you thank you so much or whether you heard about the show or whether someone told you about the show doesn't matter how you got here as long as you are and i certainly am glad you showed up tonight guys listen everybody knows that this show is all about finding moments of inspiration of with everyday people like you and like me so if you have an inspiring story that you would like to share and you would like to come on the show, guys, send us an email. It's right there on your screen. It's tellmesomething21 at gmail.com. Now, maybe you don't want to be on the show, but maybe you know someone who does. So, guys, hit us up right there on email us. And if you're going to go back and listen to this later, it's tellmesomething21 at gmail.com and of course don't forget to visit our youtube page that's coming something good for the capital t there it is right there guys i'm glad to be here tonight i have some amazing amazing people some wonderful individuals who's going to join us on the show tonight some they're not really strangers i kind of call them my tmg family uh guys honestly some of our guests have been with us uh, since day one. Some of the very first guests I've had on the show. That's right. Very first guest. I don't try to just have guests on the show. I try to build relationships with people. And everyone that I have had on the show 
we do have a relationship. I can contact them. They can contact me. And we do. So think of all the guests you've seen come on the show. We have a relationship with those wonderful people. And I'm just fortunate and blessed that I have for these individuals. And we have another special guest on the show joining us tonight. Guys, you don't want to miss this. So I'm going to jump right into it. You know, tonight's episode, guys, if you did not catch it, it is called Behind the Mask, Uncovering Autism. That's right, Uncovering Autism. Some of us may already be aware that April is World Autism Awareness, not just national, but World Autism Month. And it's a time where we draw and focus attention on individuals and people with autism. Now, not to point them out as speculation, but to understand that they are people like everyone else. Now, uh, and let me kind of give you a, a kind of a rundown of where I come from with this title of Behind the Mask, uh, uh, Uncovering Autism. So me, you know, a lot of things I talk about, I talk about myself, right? So as a child, I kid you not, man, I kid you, and don't laugh. If you're going to laugh, it's okay. I promise you. I'm 53. I've probably laughed at this a hundred times already. So as a child, I was always, always fun for me to pretend to be someone else. Anybody else, when you were a child, did you enjoy pretending to be somebody else? I know some people are watching right now. I know some people are listening. Please go ahead and put it in the chat. Let me know if you were one of those people that when you were a child, you enjoyed pretending to be someone else. Make believe, dressing up. You know, when you one of those people like me. So I enjoyed pretending to be someone else. I did. I would even make my own mask. You know, I would get paper, you know, construction paper, and make my own mask so I could pretend to be someone else. I would make my own mask and wear them, right? Because behind the mask, I could pretend. But what if the only way some people could feel accepted is behind their mask? Man, this week we're going to talk about discussing what it's like living behind the mask and how to come out from the mask, right? Think about that, guys. So I told you I would make masks and I would do things to pretend because I just, see, Cal, somebody else said, I pretend to be different athletes or musicians. Right, I'm with you, Cal. That would be me, man. I would pretend to sing and I know I can't sing. I get that. Uh, uh, I, would, I would put on a mask and pretend to be somebody else uh, until my grandmother would call my name and I would have to take off my mask and become Travis once again. That's my story. I, I could always remove my mask and become myself. Uh, but for some individuals, the only way they can feel accepted is behind their mask. If you aren't aware, April is World Autism Month. It's a time to gain clear focus on increased opportunities for acceptance, understanding, and awareness of people with autism by simply saying, I see you. You don't need a mask. I see you. 
Tonight, man, we're going to talk about how important it is for people with awesome autism to feel comfortable unmasked. Tonight's guests are certainly no stranger to the show. Like I said, they are a mother and son team who understand what it means to believe, hope, and keep dreaming. Man, wait till you hear from them. Uh, the mother is a busy autism advocate, a licensed social worker, and life skills trainer. And her son, Dr. Kelvin Smith, is a brilliant and recent graduate of Georgia Tech University. They both have been showing up other times, been showing others how to embrace differences and win. Also, our other guest panel is an autism and ADHD specialist, a behavioral analyst, and school psychologist, and an innocent guy, and an absolute pleasure to speak with, Dr. Diane Hudson. Guys, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to give a huge TMG shout out to our very special guest, Larita and Dr. Kelvin Smith and Dr. Diane Hudson. Y'all give me a shout out up in here. Hello. Hello. Hello, audience. Hello. So glad you guys are all on board and you are here. Look at the big smiles that you brought with you tonight. Loving it. Loving it, guys. Guys, uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining the show tonight. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. So Happy to be here, Travis. You know. Love it. I absolutely love it. Guys, these are my guests, uh, Dr. Kelvin and Loretta Smith uh, of yes. KL Speaks LLC. Uh, guys, and of course, Dr. Diane Hudson in the building. Dr. Diane, we are glad you are here tonight to add a different perspective on things. So we love that. Uh, Miss Lorena, you and Dr. Kelvin are certainly no strength to the show. Correct. Joe's been here for three years. You guys have been here for three years. So my very first guest. Uh, I told you I don't try to just have guests. I try to build relationships. And I love it. guys. I'm not gonna tell you where I saw them in the store one day, but uh, when I saw them in the store one day, <laughs> uh, uh, they said, "No way!" I I, I ran up to them like they were rock stars. Literally, like if I had a pen and a piece of paper, I would have got the autographs. I can't. Am I not lying? Am I not lying? No, no. you were. You, yeah, you kind of scared me a little bit. They, I know, right? They were trying to stop, and all of a sudden, that little skinny guy ran up to him, and uh, <laughs> it was like Travis. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 they're absolute rock stars, guys. Uh, this is actually our third show together, but I know there are some listeners that may not know who you guys are. So please mm -hmm. take just a minute, if you will, and tell a little bit about yourself for me. Well, Travis, first of all, uh, love your energy. Uh, thanks for having us this evening. Um, to everyone, I'm Loretta Smith. I'm a proud mom, autism advocate. I made a decision many, many years ago to dedicate my life uh, to empower, educate, uh, elevate, and inspire my, my son, Kelvin. I wanted him to imagine possibilities beyond what we could see at the time. Um, I focused on his strengths, I supported his challenges, and I'm just happy to be here another year for Autism Acceptance Month and inspire the audience uh, this evening to embrace differences um, and win. What we do know, um, Travis, is that we're dealing with a neurological disorder 
we do know that it does affect the way the brain is wired. Um, with Kelvin, and, and uh, he's going to speak to you all in just a second, but I just wanted to let you know that it's called the spectrum because when you met one, you met one. Um, I think now the CDC has put out that it's one in 36 yep. um, as it relates to people who are affected um, with autism. Kelvin likes to let me know that he just wants to be himself. He's always wanted to be unapologetically authentic. And that is what we really pride ourselves on. So we embraced his differences and we're winning. Um, I want to take a second before I turn it over to Kelvin. And I want to thank, I want to thank Dr. Diane Hudson. And I want to let you all know, I want to let the audience know. I was online one day about a year ago. I think I met her about a year ago. And I was just online, networking, trying to find out other programs around the United States. And I came across the program. We connected. And the reason we connected so well is because Diane has a spirit and passion for the autism community. It's more than any title that we can give her. She, I mean, she's got them all. She's got all the letters. But when she spoke to me, it was almost like a mom-to-mom -mom situation. And one of the key things that made me want to continue to be in contact with her is that I, I participated in some of her groups, some of her webinars. We've actually had one-on-one -on -one conversations. I think I took up about an hour and a half of her time. And her whole focus was on teamwork, the parent and the child. And she really did a breakthrough for me. And I must share this before we move on. Diane, I don't know how much you realize how much you affected me, but when we were talking about what I could do as a parent to make sure that the environment and make sure that I was looking within myself and looking in a prism of how Kelvin saw things, that my household would be better, that the household wouldn't be so stressful that Kelvin wouldn't be so stressful. And that is what I want to stress today is that a lot of times we focus on treatment for the child, but a lot of times we have to come back and look at ourselves and the caregiver who is setting the tone every day in that home as to how that day is gonna be for Kelvin and for their children. So before I go any further, I wanna just personally say thank you, Dr. Diane. I really appreciate that. Oh, and now Kelvin. Yep. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> so, hey, everyone. Um, I'm Kelvin Smith. And thank you, Travis, for inviting us here once again for another new year, for allowing us to share our experiences with your <laughs> audience this evening. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to encourage others this evening. I hope we get to touch somebody today with this, pro with this podcast during Autism oh. Acceptance Month. I was diagnosed with autism, well, Asperger's syndrome at the age of 10. Uh, my mom and my grandfather um, has been focusing on my strengths uh, since I was born. As my mom said, I was doing time savers when I was two years old. I was able to find my passion during that time and yeah. nurturing that love for mathematics, numbers, science, chemistry, that sort of, those sorts of subjects. And I've been winning with those. I but I live a pretty simple life. Um, I like, I enjoy reading uh, mainly textbooks, almanacs, really factual books. Um, I play video games a bunch. I play bridge if I know I'm old. 
Bridge? Um, wait, wait, Bridge? Trivia. I play trivia. I love playing game shows because I love Jeopardy, obviously. And I <laughs> for um for STEM subjects. Um, I received my PhD um, in chemical and biomedical engineering from Georgia Tech. And I have a strong passion for teaching. Uh, what fuels me as a teacher really is for the student to really get it, to make the complex, exactly. of, make it easier to access. That's been my big mantra um, as an academic coach in KO Speaks, which I'll explain later. But also as like a teaching assistant at Georgia Tech, I just enjoy doing that a lot. And um, right now I'm currently a data scientist at Oracle working remotely from home. And I'm just happy to be here. Wait a minute. A data scientist working for Oracle, one of the largest data yeah. corporations. Yes. Going. And you're sitting there doing God knows what. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be honest with you, Kelvin. I'm feeling a little intimidated here, man. I'm feeling don't, a little intimidated. Don't, be. don't be. I'm just a normal. I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm just Kelvin. Just Kelvin. That's like, wait a minute. That's like Superman. You you made a statement. I will never forget this statement. He said this. Kevin said, Kevin said, you know, people who are on the spectrum, you know, you shouldn't have to hide it. You know, should feel bad about it. Kelvin said, because it's my superpower. And I'll never forget that, Kevin. I'll never forget. So it's like Superman saying, oh, I'm just normal Superman. But even though I can just bend still my bare hands, you know, I, I'm I, I'm crunching all this data, but I'm just normal Kevin. Right, Kevin. Yeah, right. Right. Sure. You're Superman to us, and you're still saying you're Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> We're not buying it, Dr. Kevin. <laughs> of course you're not. <laughs> Dr. Hudson, get in here and introduce yourself to everybody. Let everybody know just who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I feel like this is a real tough act to follow, but I will do my best. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, thank you so much, Travis, um, for inviting me on. Larita, thank you for the connection. Um, I haven't stopped smiling since we all logged on like 40 minutes ago, so it's going to be difficult for me to go back to normal, serious self. Um, I know, right? <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I work primarily with neurodivergent kids and their families. Um, most of my families that I work with have a child on the autism spectrum um, and or ADHD. And I came to this because I was working in schools. Um, I did that for about 15 years really love the collaboration um and also for a lot of the parents you know it was kind of like your kid goes to school we do these things and then they go home and then that's kind of it for a lot of families there's not a lot of other support Correct. and so i became a behavior analyst so that i could work directly with um kids and parents and siblings and grandparents, um, line yards. And it has been, it's truly like one of the most rewarding things um, for me. Um, the, the families I work with have such belief and passion and desires and goals, you know, not just for their child, but for their family as a whole. Exactly. And 
Exactly. It's so, yeah. And there's no reason to not achieve those. And, yeah. you know, it's critical to me to be able to help parents see that and to help individuals see that as well. Um, a lot of this, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to talking about, you know, expectations that people have um, and how we have to try to, you know, do we have to try to follow them all the time, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and I will tell you that the families I've worked with who have really like taken charge and just sort of like plowed ahead and done their own, done their own thing that works for them because it's different for every family. Um, they are really stinking happy. Um, and that's just what I want for all the families I work with. Awesome. Guys, as you can see, our guests tonight, and they are doing some incredible and some wonderful things. Uh, and just absolutely taking this thing uh, to the next level. And you understand now why, uh, guys, tonight's episode is entitled Behind the Mask Uncovering Autism. Because what we want to do is we want to get behind the mask. We want people to understand there's no reason and there's no need to hide behind the mask that you can be who you are meant to be. So let's get it off. Let's kick it off, guys. So Dr. Kelvin, Dr. Dr. Kelvin, yes. there we go, Dr. Kelvin. Uh, let me, I, I got to ask, man. You know I got to do it. I got to do yep. it. Go Have you kind of gotten used to hearing that yet? Um, actually, I don't hear it a whole lot within my small circles. Like, I mean, it's just when I think about that title, it just it does. I mean, it, it carries weight. I mean, I think about the six years that it that I've invested that my right. not just me that my mom has invested. Just the energy, the time, the tribulations, the the struggles, but also at the end, the, the, the triumphs into obtaining wow. that degree and how I had to go from a radical shift oh, wow. of thinking from being a consumer of knowledge, just reading all sorts of books, reading, knowing all sorts of facts, being able to put it on a test, all that stuff, mm -hmm. to a creator of knowledge, being able to oh. come up with something <laughs> in a whole field yeah. of science that, that hasn't existed before. I mean, it really pushed the envelope into how my brain is wired. Um, just being able, just a few challenges that I even face today, just being able to see the big picture, being able to see the forest from the trees. I see the tree. Mm. The forest out there is hard for me to see. And being um, creative is, is difficult. But um, I just think about that journey. and But the, the fruits of all that labor is just, you know, independent research, independent yep. thinking, problem solving, being able to, you know, find solutions to um, to problems, debugging mm -hmm. code. I mean, I had to deal with that in my, um, you know, when I'm doing my dissertation. And uh, it just helps me as, you know, me being a data scientist at Oracle. And I just simply just want to use my knowledge to be able to, su to support my stat on um, to, to to support my colleagues, to, mm -hmm. um, my teammates that's on the job with my team, and uh, you know provide and also to provide support for those students um, from middle school to college who do have a um, 
you know, have have a different way of learning. I want to be able to, you know, exactly. and uh, help them with that. Awesome. Awesome. Man, uh, you, you said something that really, uh, Dr. Kelvin, that really kind of shakes everything. And I know you tell me to call you Kelvin, but, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, get used to it. I'm going to call you Dr. Kelvin. You know, you're, you already know that. You, you, yeah, in, I told you that. That's yeah, you knew that coming into this. <laughs> but you, you, you said that, you said to the audience, you said that it took a, a, a radical shift in the way that you think yeah to to get where you are now and a lot of us dr kelvin a lot of people a lot of people we want the end result without having that radical shift we, and, we, and it would have never occurred without that radical shift and with that radical shift your the support of your from your mom your grandfather your father all those individuals who supported you they helped support not just you but they helped support that radical shift that it took to get where you are. And mm -hmm. man, how important it is to have a support system in our lives, regardless of what we're facing, to be able to have that radical shift. Because when you had that type of shift, uh, what you're talking about, Dr. Kevin, it's kind of like driving a car in one direction, and then all of a sudden you slam on brakes and realize you got to go the other direction. I mean, you know, you slam on brakes, everybody's going forward like that. And here it is. You were willing to take a chance. and You'd rather slam on brakes than continue to go in the wrong direction or a different direction. I, people always are trying to get somewhere fast, but it, you can always go fast in the wrong direction. And here you slammed on brakes and you were willing to take a chance on you. Yes. You took a chance on you, man, and you said, I got to bet on me if I don't bet on anyone else. And that's what I hear. Sounds like what you did, Dr. Kelvin. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> I know, man. I know. When you think about it like that, it's like, whoa, wow. That's a lot to process when you start. Like, I did. I bet it on myself. And, and when you you better on yourself, my friend. When everything and all us, man, I've been there. But you you better on yourself, and man, kudos to you. I know I've said this to you before. I'm gonna say it again. Congratulations, congratulations to you, man. Thank uh, you, Doctor Doctor Kelvin. Yes. I, at some point, I may just say Kelvin, but uh, Doctor Kelvin, uh, you are a recent uh, <laughs> graduate from Georgia Tech, right? And yeah. who has you know you've begun a brilliant career. Uh, but things were a little rocky for you at first. Uh, what was the diagnosis that you received kind of at an early age? You mentioned it earlier that uh, at time um, that at that time was new and a challenge for you. Yeah, of course. So, like I said before, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome when I was ten years old. Um, I experienced a lot of, um, you know, rockstars. I I had anxiety. I was constantly in defense mode. I was paranoid about who's going to come up to me. Um, you know, like, what are they going to ask me? What are they going to say? What do they want with me? Uh, I feel meltdowns, feeling overwhelmed, waking up on empty emotionally, psychologically, almost every day. Uh, my lack of motor skills, my experience of 
you know, social interactions, um, being able to read people, social cues, even language deficits. I, I had a pretty big stuttering problem um, when I was um, in elementary school. I had to get speech therapy. Um, also, with my obsession, uh, fixation on math and science, uh, which to me was a positive because I was able to use that hyper-focused gift to bring happiness and meaning in my own life and career. But all of those tribulations that I faced affect who I am and my adaptability um, and how I adapt and learn. But now I can say that I am a, I'm, I'm a self-advocate and I let people know what I need to be successful for myself. It is uh, now a request to now go beyond the accommodation, beyond just say, oh, okay, I understand. I can you know, give you this, but also to embrace my strengths and what I bring to the table. Awesome, Dr. Kelvin, Dr. Kelvin, awesome. Guys, I told you this is gonna be a great topic. We got people already putting questions in the chat. Guys, I know, I know, I told you, I couldn't wait either. I couldn't <laughs> wait either. I knew this was gonna be great. Uh, every time we speak with Dr. Kelvin and, and his mom, mm -hmm. Mr. Ritter, it's always, someone's always touched on, always tells me, hey, this was a great topic. I'm glad you did it. Glad you discussed it. So, uh, match this question, um, Dr. Kelvin. Mm -hmm. Of course, just me, just me asking. Uh, at, after your diagnosis as a young child, growing up, uh, watching your peers and your classmates, uh, do you remember at any time feeling differently or the need to kind of fit in with everyone absolutely yes mm. um so as a child that was really one of my um biggest things um i wanted to fit in with people make friends wow. you know, like be part of the popular crowd sometimes but the thing is that that fell in stark contrast to my personality and my interests see at that time no one really wanted to be associated with someone who likes to read textbooks all day, be that <laughs> nerd, like, oh, 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 he loves school. He loves coming to school and be, you know, raising their hand at answering questions. Right, right. Like, unless they needed help with uh, their homework, right? Only then would they, you know, come to work. Um, but, um, you know, my peers were more talking about, you know, girls, sports, gossip. You know, right, right. Oh, yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. And it's not really stuff that I was interested in. In fact, I, in fact, back then, I kind of shunned it as unimportant. So that was like, like, I thought it was a waste of time for me. Now, as I learned later, you know, I, w I was less harsh on that. But, mm -hmm. um, but being able to, and this is where we get into the, the theme of, the, of this podcast about trying to mask my true self. There we to go. Appreciate others, to appease others. Now, that is certainly a waste of time in my eyes. <laughs> and this is true even today, um, even in my job. Like, you know, I wanted to let them know who I am. What, what are they exactly? Getting? Just being able to tell them, hey, I, I have this, but I'm bringing this. Um, to the table. Um, my masking was actually at its peak in middle school, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't take it anymore. It was going insane. I was going crazy. I mean, 
I, I, I'm not going to change. Like, I love reading math books. I like going to classes. I played chess. I went to quiz bowl, I, um, et cetera. I wasn't going to give that up just to be popular and get friends. And, I like that. And, and one thing I want to say um, is that any friends that don't respect your personality, your interests, your boundaries, your differences, I don't think they're friends at all. They're, they're, they're not someone that's worth your time to try to befriend them. Absolutely. Absolutely, Dr. Kelvin. I, I agree with you. Our, our safe space is supposed to be, or those in, the, in, that, in, that, in that inner circle, uh, we're supposed to be able, they're, they're called friends because we are able to reveal ourselves to them. They're not called friends because we talk to them a lot. We're not called friends because we go to the same school or work on the same job. They're friends because we can reveal ourselves to them. And anyone you are not able to safely reveal yourself to is not a friend. And that's why a lot sometimes we reveal ourselves to people and they hurt us. They, 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 they get shocked at things about us. Well, I revealed myself to you, so you should. This shouldn't bother you one bit. You know who I am at this point, right? I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I got a question in chat, uh, Miss Lorita. I want to. I want to go with you, but I got a question in chat real quick. I I want to address this. Uh, Charlotte Shannon uh, dropped this in chat, and I know we're going. I'm going to you, Doc. Uh, to Miss Lorita. Uh, but I don't know if this is one maybe uh, Dr. Hudson can feel, but here's what, Dr. here's what Charlotte wrote. How do you accomplish the comprehension goal? They said that's their son's problem. That's what they're dealing with, the comprehension goal. Dr. Hudson? That is a really big question, and it can also be something that, can be a huge barrier. I mean, obviously that's what you're experiencing right now, what your son is experiencing. Um, what I always want my clients to do, and as Dr. Kelvin alluded to, I'm going to call you Dr. Kelvin too. Um, <laughs> um, is that being able to advocate for yourself is the what I find to be the most powerful way to overcome some of those deficits that you might have, whether it's in comprehension, whether it's in understanding social nuances. Um, I have a client right now and we're working on him just asking questions of people like that is now, are we still on that topic? Can I tell you this? Because he's not 100% sure all the time, right? And so mm -hmm. comprehension is big and huge and there are skills, yes, to learn, but I also think you can address it by when you feel like you're unsure of what's happening, being confident enough to say, hey, I don't, could you explain that again? Or could you tell me that a different way? Um, also, though, like, you know, the topic of this podcast, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do at all. And depending on what environment you're in, who's around you, it might be even harder. So that support network is really critical. Absolutely. So there you go. Uh, Charlotte, we hope uh, that gave you some insight or at least some tools to kind of get started with what you're doing. 
All right, so Miss Larita, I ask you, you you stood by Kelvin all his life. You've been there, you've been a, a pillar of strength to him. And uh he he he, he has a doc doctorate, but you also have it as well. I mean, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like like my daughter, she calls me, she's in college now, like her senior year. She calls me, hey dad, I need tutoring on this, I need tutoring. That's a look. When you get this, when you get this degree, half of it is mine. I just want you to know right off the bat. And when you begin your career, I want half. <laughs> That's what I want. I want half. <laughs> You're not gonna use me like that. No. <laughs> so it's very much a question, Ms. Lorita. Um, so with all this going on, Kevin mentioned to you, mentioning, hey man, I feel like I was behind this mask a lot of times in middle school. Middle school can sometimes put us behind a mask because of what we're trying to do. You know, you're trying to find out who you are, discovering who you are, going to high school, everybody's hormones changing, your voice getting deeper to some people. Just a lot going on in the environment. A lot going on. Um, how, how about you, Miss Loretta? Because of the stigma. Just because of the stigma, and that's so huge now. Uh, because of the stigma that society kind of um, creates for anyone that is different, mm -hmm. for anyone that's different, regardless of what it is. Did you ever uh, sometimes feel that pressure, uh, come on, as a parent, to uh, have him conform and fit into society? Yes. Initially, I did. And that is why I placed Kelvin in social skills therapy. Now, we got to think back to 2003. Uh, that was a suggestion by the neuropsychologist. Mm -hmm. So I followed suit. He learned how to uh, interact with others, which comes naturally for neurotypicals. Uh, there were a lot of scripts and, and role playing. And at the time, it did teach him how to communicate with others, uh, which was good. Mm -hmm. uh, and he still uses those skills now to adapt to certain situations in society. But Kelvin is unapologetically his um, authentic self now. And what I realized, I appreciate the social skills therapy. Um, I was in groups while he was in groups. But at that time, the climate and the society is really, it's, it's, a, it's getting better. But at mm -hmm. that time, you had to conform to a neurotypical. They, Correct. They, the scripts was like, if somebody asks you this question, this is what you say. Everything was scripted. But the thing was, was that that's a form of masking. Kelvin yes, wasn't really allowed to be himself. He His job was to conform to everyone else until mm. he came to me and he said, no, it ends now. Uh, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to be myself. Uh, the pressure comes with individuals on the spectrum that want to conform. And I just, um, when I think about that question of the pressure, mm -hmm. I know Dr. Uh, Hudson will probably go into it more because she works with uh, a lot of girls. They're real good at masking. But for Kelvin, mm. but for Kelvin uh, it got to a point where he said it didn't feel, it felt fake. And it didn't feel good for him, you know, if somebody asks how you doing, what your response should be or what your facial expression should be. Correct, because, correct. Because with, well, I won't say all because it's a spectrum, but for Kelvin, 
it was um it was more difficult for him to try to to role play than it was for him to just to be himself. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm only speaking for Kelvin. Now there are other kids under the spectrum that crave socialism. They they crave to have friends. They they want to be a part of the popular group. Uh, Kelvin just never really desired that. And so I want to encourage the audience uh, as we deal with stigmas of being different is for those young people who desire to be a part of the quote unquote popular group, for them to stand on their own, stand within themselves, be themselves in the group. And like Kelvin said, if they get a negative response or they say you're not cool or you can't sit at the lunch table with us and they begin all of the bullying, everything that Kelvin went through, then it's at that point where you really need to help your child to evaluate um, whether this particular group of people is going to be good for him. Uh, The one thing Kelvin had as it related to socialization was in the social skills groups, he was able to um, meet other other people who were in this in the group, and we would all his birthday parties and uh, all of the social events, whether they went to the zoo or bowling or putt putt golf. He had a group of people during that time, uh, during elementary and middle school, uh, that would come out and support, and we all supported them as a as a unit, as a as a family group. But um, you know, I just want to encourage everyone that's on this podcast and who may be sharing it with people that they know is that it is tough. It is not easy trying to belong. Kelvin uh, told me one time and uh, still to this day, I hope I say it right, Kelvin, you can, yeah. you can let me know if I say it wrong, but he said, mom, I'm, I know that I am of the world, but I'm not, I don't necessarily want to be in it. He's okay with with not. Am I right? Did I get it right? That's about right. You know, but he still knows that through this journey he's been on, he still knows that at times he has to he has to play a role to. I mean, because we live in a neurotypical society. I mean, right. you know, sometimes he says, "What is it? What if it was reversed? What would the world be like?" Mm. If it was- more neurodiverse people than neurotypical. So uh, we talk about that sometime, but I do want to just hit the nail on the head as it relates to stigmas and differences, because there are a whole group of kids on the spectrum who want to belong. They want to be in the popular group. They want to be liked and and, and be in that setting. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's when it gets really dangerous because we have to protect our kids from the bullying and self-esteem issues that can derive from them not being accepted. Absolutely. You 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 spoke that like a like an advocate, you spoke that like an experienced person, but more so you spoke that as a mom and we could hear your heart behind that. And what I what I really like though how you started off you you had a, a good moment of transparency. You said Travis, yeah. I did feel that pressure to try to make him fit and make him. And I appreciate it because right now, Miss Liberty, somebody is listening and somebody's going to go back and listen to this and watch this. And they're going to say, you know what? That was me. I was doing that. And somebody right now may be feeling bad about doing that. And, and I get it. 
it's our child. We don't want our children to be singled out in exposure to them. It's our way as parents to protect our children. And sometimes we do things with the greatest of intentions to try to protect our children. And that's all it is. It's just another way of a parent to try to protect them. So kudos to you. Congratulations to you. Don't feel bad about that. Absolutely. You were doing what a parent is supposed to do. If you didn't do that, Mr. Ritter, we look at you like you was nuts. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is what you this is what parents do. There, there is no manual for parents. They did not give us a book. No. Here you go. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. So we're all learning. Dr. Hudson, you've been waiting so patiently. And, and guys, I'm loving this conversation. You jumped right in. See how Dr. Hudson just jumped in and answered that question, guys? I mean, she's <laughs> on point. You know, Dr. Hudson, I'm going to have you back on this show. That's what I'm pumping you for. She doesn't, she doesn't know yet, Loretta, but I'm pumping her. Okay. For that. She, she should know right now. I'm pumping you, Dr. Hudson. <laughs> Dr. Hudson, you are a, a, a behavioral analyst. Okay? You're a behavioral analyst. Uh, can I get you to weigh in on behaviorally how the pressures to fit in and to conform and how uh, to follow social cues might have an impact on someone. Well, generally, yeah, it doesn't, generally, it's not a great outcome for a lot of people day to day. It is hard, you know, like, like Dr. Kelvin said, waking up and already feeling exhausted. Like, do I have to do this again? Kind of a thing. Um, the effects are sometimes really subtle and people at school like all day long might never even know that someone is masking as hard as they are until oh, wow. that child gets home and it all comes out so when you got that safe accepting group of people it really makes a difference if you don't have that and you feel like you're masking 24 7 um a lot of autistics will say that they don't even really know who they are, right? Oh because forever and ever that they can remember, they've been trying to fit in. They've been making, you know, doing what they need to do with their face or standing an appropriate amount of distance away. Um, but the tricky thing is that, you know, we practice, you might practice that in a role play situation. Mm -hmm. But how often in everyday life is every single interaction exactly like the way you've practiced it? It's just not. It's not. And so the other thing that um, becomes difficult is not just feeling comfortable enough to unmask and to be yourself with people, but also figuring out who that is. Like, do I really like, you know... To listen to or do i really like to watch the marvel movies or would i rather watch the dc like do i prefer dc comics like what do i really like um and finding your group of people your group of friends your group of adults um and i'm kind of as though i'm speaking to kids right now but finding those people who will give you the space to say i don't like either of those things i actually just want to go and watch spongebob like all the time and that's my thing um but if everyone around you doesn't like that then 
you're not going to do it. You're not going to feel comfortable. And it can really take a toll on people's mental health. Um, exactly. We also know that, you know, there's um, a correlation between a diagnosis of autism and anxiety, depression. Wow. The, the direction of those is a little bit hard to parse out, but it's real common. Um, and it's really, really traumatic and very detrimental for people. Wow. Guys, did you, did you hear uh, what she was saying here, guys, that uh, it, it's like a domino effect? Mm -hmm. domino effect it, it starts small and, and, and I, I don't know about you guys i remember being a kid i did a lot of stuff when i was a kid i promise you jeez uh <laughs> when i was a kid I, I used to get dominoes and i you know how you stack them up right behind one another and all it took was a small slight push and the next one would fall and the next one would fall so these kind of pressures these kind of stigmas all it's taking is one small push and things are going in a different direction what i'm hearing dr hassan a lot of times you're where you're speaking with clients uh they're at that point where a small push has occurred and now a domino and the only way to stop those dominoes when they're falling is you have to remove that next domino. You have to remove that next domino. So when it falls, it doesn't hit anything. You have to create something that will stop it at that point, that will block it. And from my understanding, I'm not a behavioral analyst, but what it sounds like, you come in and you provide tools with parents to help stop that next domino from falling. Yep. And sometimes the tool is just clear everything out, sometimes literally, um, and let this domino do what it needs to do, and then let's regroup and come back together. You know, there is no shame in saying, hey, I, I need a break, I need time, I need space away from you. And sometimes yeah. parents find that really difficult because our parent, our parent brain is like, but no, I can help you. Right, right, and right. That's not always the case in the neurodivergent brain. The neurodivergent brain might be like, whoa, no, you actually can't, and you're making it worse. And so listening really closely to what your child is saying is hard and really important. And it can be wrong, too. I love it. See, guys, I told you, this, this is the why we do this show and shows like this, because it does uh, help. Uh, that's how the, is it possible? Uh, the pressures to follow what are accepted social cues and sometimes even cultural cues or cultural may be cause for individuals to feel, well, you already answered the question, uh, overwhelmed and develop feelings or the need or a sense to perform in order to be accepted. You know, you, you begin to feel, I, I just got to do it. Okay, if I don't do it, then nobody's going to like me. Uh, I, I know what I'm like at home, but I, I, I got to, it, is it is it possible that those things you know i don't want to live with the stigma of it i gotta be is it possible mm -hmm. yep and i really feel like um the work that i do now focuses not just on helping an individual child or an individual family but really working with 
the people in the next circle out from that particular child. So a teacher or aunts and cousins mm -hmm. to help them understand that like what you're seeing is not wrong behavior. It's a different interpretation. It's I love that. I love that. Just, it's just someone responding the way that they the way that they know best to do and what can you learn from it. So creating a society, you know, and groups and Larita, you alluded to this, it's a little bit easier now, right? Than when Kelvin was a kid. Um, and I still, I see differences year to year. Um, you know, when you can have a, a community where everyone can um, show up as they are and do whatever it is their thing is that they do, man, that's pretty magical. That is when you really get to see kids thrive. Guys, I'm I'm putting this uh, in chat. What you said, Dr. Hudson, uh, not wrong behavior. It's a different uh, interpretation. And uh, I'll, you know how uh, many people, so many people, have been misdiagnosed as bad uh, or terrible, and they and they carry that stigma with them all their lives. They carry that weight that someone in authority, an authoritative figure, said that. And now, because of the, and, and I've learned this when an authority authoritative person says it, it carries more weight. It sticks. It carries until mm -hmm. another a person of authority comes in and removes it. So, so imagine, imagine a teacher, a parent, a loved one saying that, and it wasn't that you were bad. You just interpreting it differently, guys. When we when we we, we interpret everybody interpret. I learned this in communications. I'm huge on communications, and I learned that we're constantly communi at communications with our environment. If it's too hot, too cold, too cold, too wet, too dry, whatever, we're constantly in our rooms. We're constantly uh, uh, in communication with our environment. And someone might come outside and say, man, I'm cold and put a jacket on. Well, it doesn't mean it's not 80 degrees. It just means their body is interpreting it differently. We may not look at, we may look at them odd because they have on earmuffs, but it's how their body is interpreting the situation or the environment at that time. And from what I'm understanding, Dr. Hudson, is that uh, a lot of language has been used uh, with individuals on the spectrum that it should not have or could have been done differently had we had more information and ourselves, ourselves be educated on the situation and not be so quick to, you know, uh, use language that could be harmful to people. Right. And, and that's why I think, um, Lorita, as a parent, when you honored Kelvin's Kelvin saying, this is not, this group is not what I want to do. I mean, that was a big, really important critical move. Um, Absolutely. And when kids first get diagnosed for a lot of parents, it's difficult because they have this idea of what they think their child is going to progress through and what they might do. And then they're kind of hit with this. Well, maybe it won't be like that. Um, and I think it's really important to not lose sight of the fact that a neurodivergent brain is a pretty fascinating thing when you can harness those, those cool skills that you have. I will be, I mean, 
some people really struggle. Like as Larita has said, autism is a spectrum, right? And not everyone has the same experience. And for some people, um, it can feel very difficult um, and difficult for the people around them. Um, but I promise you, if you're a parent listening and you just you just had a child who's been diagnosed with autism, um, your kid has some pretty amazing skills. You've and they're just waiting, waiting for you to notice them. So, oh. yeah. man, I told y'all it's gonna be good tonight. You uh, some I, right there. That was I, I, I started this off with one of my favorite quotes uh, from Dr. Kelvin. Kelvin said, Dr. Kelvin said, guys, this is a superpower. Yeah. And he said, I don't want to get rid of it. He said, this is a superpower. He said, he said to me, when I, when I, the reason it sticks with me, Dr. Kelvin, when you think about someone that has a superpower, they want to keep it. They want to stick away. He said, I'm going to use this and make it work. And what I'm hearing from everything is that you've learned to make it work. And with all, all the different things that we got going on here. Guys, listen. All right, guys. I, oh, I can't. Oh, man, I can't wait. Uh, I, it gets better, guys. It gets better. Uh, guys, listen. Uh, TMG, Tell Me Something Good podcast has a lot of corporate sponsors. Uh, we do. We have a lot of corporate sponsors. I'm trying to incorporate a lot of them into the show, guys. But my gosh, if I did do that, we would not have a show. So I, I pick out two to uh, kind of generate on the show. Guys, uh, right now, uh, one of our, uh, I know I'm a huge sports fan. I am. Uh, my wife is a huge sports fan. I know there's got to probably be some sports fans watching and listening. And you wonder, man, where can I go to get me some smooth sports gear? You know where I go? I go right here, fanatics.com. That's right. I go to fanatics.com, the major league and sports uh, guys gear. Uh, they sponsor the NFL, NHL, NBA, hockey, NASCAR. That's right. They are official sponsors. I go to fanatics.com. Guy, in the chat right now, there is a link. Click on the link, guys, and visit shop, shop, shop. Guys, I got to say this. I may earn a commission when you buy through that link. Now, you oh, see, yeah. Travis, I'm not into links. That's cool. You ain't got to do that. Click the QR code that's right there on the screen. Guys, I want you to do that. Visit fanatics.com. Yeah, I know Nicole. I got to say this because I know she's watching. Nicole, yes, I know the Philadelphia Eagles have a new jersey. I got it. You will get it. I got it. I know you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan. I got it. You'll get another jersey. God, jeez. The other sponsor, guys, I want you to visit is this. Walmart. Yep, Walmart is joined the team with TMG. Guys, what I want you to do, click on the QR code or click the link that's in chat. When you do, I may earn a commission when you buy through this link. Walmart, guys, mm -hmm. listen, if you do Walmart grocery pickup, use the link. You wanna buy a gift for somebody? Use the link. Okay. I love that. I'm not asking you to give me any money. Guys, do what you always do. Just shop and keep in mind. When you do, I may earn a commission when you buy through that link, Walmart. Guys, thank you so much. Dr. Kelvin, uh, so very patient sitting there. Uh, um, so you told me the the middle school was the really kind of like man. The, that's when you really discovered the mask and was kind of in full play, kind of like you was at a masquerade ball. So yeah. and at that time, I could get it, man. In the eighth grade, Dr. Kelvin, everybody's trying to figure out who they are. 
to me, I called the eighth grade my masquerade because I had no clue who I was, man. No clue who I was. Uh, <laughs> so the earliest time that you can remember that you could feel you had to wear a mask, you mentioned was kind of around in, in middle school. Uh, what was that kind of like for you, man? Oh, yeah. I can easily talk about that. <clears throat> so the earliest time was when I was in elementary school. Um, remember particularly the fifth grade when I was like 10 or 11 years old. It um, actually felt that no one really cared that, you know, you won a lot of math derbies or you were acing tests or uh, winning spelling bees or that sort of thing. In fact, it actually had a debilitating effect um, on my self-esteem because it was, at that point, they it kind of put a target on your back for bullying, taking advantage of you, taking advantage of your kindness, using you when, you know, when it's beneficial to them. But the thing is, is putting on that mask of trying to fit in with them and try to distance myself from those skills that I really enjoyed, that I was good at, it drained me even faster than being around people in general. And what was it like? It was super, super draining. Um, I felt that at that time to be a part of that group, I, I and I didn't want to be teased or bullied, that I thought, well, maybe I could just wing it, just fake it, but it it didn't work. I was unhappy all the time. I was depressed all the time. Um, I wanted I wanted to be myself. I wanted to be that math nerd. I wanted to be that science nerd. I wanted to participate in, um, in classes. Um, I, but I just felt like, I thought that me belonging to a group was more important. And, um, but kids didn't really want to be around me. Um, because of how nerdy I was, whether it be lunchtime, the library, after school, recess, I didn't really have friends who wanted to engage with me. Mm. So what would end up happening is I would gravitate towards another group of people that I really do enjoy talking to. And that's the teachers. I like talking to teachers and like nerding out with them. <laughs> I like talking about, you know, sometimes about books I've read or some interesting facts I learned or just talking with them because I felt more comfortable with them. And I felt like right. they good with that, um, who I, um, you know, who I am and just being able to like, you know, talk with them. This was especially prevalent in high school. I mean, even one of my um, teachers who came to my graduation party for both Auburn and Georgia Tech was there, who was actually an English, um, an English teacher who I've never had, but I love speaking with her so much. And uh, I just gravitated towards people like her. And um, yeah, just being able to embrace myself just was just freeing and liberating. So, yeah. A absolutely, man. And, and, Dr. Kevin, let me tell you something. You have no idea of how individual encouraging so many people right now. People are blowing up chat with messages and saying they had no idea, you know, what this journey really could be. Because some people are just beginning this journey. And, and here you are 
uh, and I say not at the end of your journey, but you're more experienced in this journey, mm -hmm. I would say. And you could help others. And that's what you're doing, uh, Dr. Kelvin. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for uh, the people that are listening. They're, they're texting, messaging, and they're grateful for everyone that's here. Uh, this is absolutely just amazing. So, Miss Lorita. Yes. You, you got this amazing person sitting next to you, this amazing guy sitting right there. Handsome young man, all G'd up, got his hair cut right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. uh, so oh. Amazing guy sitting there. Um, you taught Kevin, uh, uh, Kelvin, a lot of stuff. I, I, as a, most parents do, we teach our kids a lot of things, how to survive, how to do this, how to get the right things. So you taught Kelvin uh, some pretty good values. And that's obvious to see how he conducts himself like a gentleman. Uh, he cuts, y'all don't know, but for this show, Kevin cuts up and jokes with me. So he, and laughs a lot. So, you know, y'all send the, the serious side. But uh, <laughs> off camera is a different version. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you talk you with some pretty strong values, one of which is how important it is to be yourself. And that's kind of been a theme tonight, guys, how important it is to be yourself. Uh, but why was this particular value uh, what, 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 what was this particular value you wanted him to learn the most? What, what, what was so important about this particular value? Because it was enough to be himself. I'm going to repeat that. Your children, it's enough. They don't have to measure up to someone else. It is enough to be himself. I didn't want Kelvin to be exhausted trying to imitate others to belong. The long-term implications were too great. Those implications included depression, being unhappy with themselves, that leads to anxiety, meltdowns, and low self-esteem. And I witnessed all of those throughout our life. Why does he have to hide himself? Kelvin isn't defective. I wanted him to know that he could stand in his truth and be his true self. Masking depletes your energy, trying to be what others want you to be. Sometimes parents mask their children and they limit the services that they can receive. I wanna say that to everyone that is here. We have to stop masking because we're thinking of what others will think. I could care less about labels. I could care less about what other people thought on the outside. Authenticity was the key to our success. Kelvin was always, from the moment he got the diagnosis, the only thing I told Kelvin is that we weren't going to let it beat us. We didn't let it define us. We was going to try everything. And the things, even statistically, that they said he couldn't do, for instance, something like driving, you know, it, you know, I was told during that time that, you know, kids on the autism spectrum can't concentrate. Well, he got his license at 16. So a lot of times, you know, I want to encourage everyone on this podcast. If you, because there's a whole section of people that may know something is different. Developmental milestones are not happening when you know that they should. Maybe there's a language deficit. Maybe, 
I mean, it could be simply when Kelvin was a baby, it was simply that he wasn't focused on me. And then I realized down the line that looking in my eyes for him caused um, anxiety for him. So I want everybody on this podcast, even if you're in a group where you're wondering, and, and a lot of times, um, I promise you, parents and grandparents and extended family, they love us. And they, and you know, I was told, oh, he's just an only child. He's not around a lot of kids. Um, that's why he's not as social. He'll throw out a bit. Don't let anyone put a on your kid. You know, I went through all of that. But honestly, I knew, I knew at before he turned one that it was something different about my child because I was in tune to him. At age three. He was evaluated by um, an agency called Glenwood when he was in preschool. And he didn't fit all of the categories at the time. So they um, they gave him a uh, diagnosis of, um, gosh, I can't think of that. Um, but anyway, maybe Dr. Husson can help me with it, but it's NOS, unspecified pervasive developmental disorder somewhere in there. It was something like that. All I know is a long term. Wow. And it was because he didn't meet those categories at the time. But it wasn't until 10. And that's really, really late. That's really late to have a diagnosis. But I'm thankful that when he got the PDD diagnosis, I was able to get him services right then. So please, if there's a group here and they're wondering, well, what's my next step? Or I do see something different. Get your child evaluated. Absolutely. Because the sooner the better. As soon as Kelvin started receiving services, things began to get better. As soon as I got myself in, in, in groups, parent groups, and I started networking and getting myself as a part of the community, I learned a lot from other parents. I encouraged other parents. So whether it's ADHD, um, you know, a lot of times when you get diagnosis, it's multiple diagnoses. Dr. Hudson can talk about that. But um, as, as far as your question is concerned, uh, that value simply because it was enough for him to be himself. Um, one of the areas of social skills ter therapy that, um, that Kelvin was able to, to, uh, to really learn from is when Kelvin needs it, he can use it. And what I mean by that is it's not masking. If he has to interact at Walmart or he's going to get the car wash or um, if he's going out in the community and someone may approach him, he knows how to harness himself and handle himself enough to get what he needs. But that's not masking. Yeah. What that is, is, is being smart. Exactly. Look, I can do enough now. I can't wait to get back into my world. But while, <laughs> while I'm out here, you know, I'm able to manage it. And, and, and that, is, that is what has happened. And I just have a lot of passion for that question because I want to be for him to be himself. And a lot of parents feel like, you know, they're worried about what someone can say, if the label can follow. Correct. All Correct. of things, uh, Travis. And for us, right out the gate, we was authentic from the beginning. From family, extended family, gatherings. Everyone knows. Everyone knows when Kelvin comes for Thanksgiving dinner that he's going to come. He's going to pray with us. He's going to get his plate and we're not going to see him in a little bit. It will be a time where he's had enough of us. And there's a, a safe place for him to go and do what he needs to do. 
And that is, and that is, it's, it's not rocket science. It's making that environment conducive for your child, just as Dr. Hudson um, spoke about earlier. Absolutely, guys. We, we, I'm kind of with you, Kim, Dr. Kim, on that. Uh, sometimes uh, I, I get a lot of crowds. I'm like, you know what? I need to go recharge my batteries. You know, so I need to recharge my battery. My wife said when we first got married, my wife said, "Are you antisocial?" I said, "No, I just need to recharge my batteries every now and then." Yes. And to me, sometimes I do. Uh, what I do uh, uh, now, I go outside and I fly my drone uh, in the backyard, or, or sometimes I get on the computer and I begin to do some graphics, whatever. But I, I like to do things to recharge my batteries. And sometimes it just means me unplugging from people. Doesn't mean I'm antisocial. I don't. It's not that I don't like people, but I do have to recharge my batteries, Doctor Kelvin. I am so with you when I'm a fist bump, Doctor Kelvin, because I'm with you. I got you. <laughs> I'm so with you, man. <laughs> so, as uh, Miss Loretta, uh, mm -hmm. as a parent, what does it mean to you when you when the term unmasking uh, in terms of people on the spectrum? What does that kind of mean to you? It's like camouflage. Mm. Hiding from your true self. You know, sometimes exactly. you can't find yourself when you mask. And what's interesting, we all mask. Oh, uh, yeah. Mask. We mask in our relationships, on our jobs. I often ask people, um, when will I meet the real you and not your representative? <laughs> and they laugh, just like you're laughing. Everybody puts on a good front. And yep. it takes a while before you feel comfortable to show people who you really are. You protect yourself in those ways. But can you imagine a child or an adult on the autism spectrum who masks simply to feel a part of life, simply to feel connected? My son unmasked to feel sane. From high school through graduate school and even seeking a career job, no masking. Kelvin told me when we started the journey, of his career, and he went through a lot of informational interviews. Mm -hmm. He said, "Mom, I will, I will, I will the interview. But if I don't feel it, if I don't feel that they're accepted, I'm not going to go through with a second interview or anything like that. Because I want to be authentic out the gate." And I was told by people, uh, Dr. Hudson may can speak on this. Um, you know, you're taught, you know, fake it till you make it, or just oh, yeah. like, especially when you're trying to get a job, get the job first, then disclose. No. Kelvin told me right out the gate if they don't want me for who I am in the interviewing process, then that's not the company for me. And Oracle does a, I mean, they have a whole, they have, they have programs for diversity and inclusion. Even Kevin wouldn't mind me sharing. Even in his first interview, he was able to tell the recruiter, listen, I might, um, I may breathe a little hard. I may have to get up for a minute. He prepared the people who were interviewing him. Wow. Them wow. him. And it wasn't a negative. It wasn't like, oh, well, we, we, we can't deal with that. We won't hire him. Kelvin is his, his, is his own advocate at this point. And he lets them know how to get the best out of him. So, and and everybody wins. Wow! Wow! Look at her! Look at her! Look at her! Doctor Hudson, uh, you you got to jump in this. You got to get on this, Doctor Hudson. You got to. 
Um, what what type of differences can this make in someone's behavior when, um, since we're talking about a mask, when the mask uh, can finally come off, when it can finally come down? What what kind of difference can that make in a person's life? Oh my gosh, um, I can speak from what I've seen. I think Dr. Kelvin has so well given us the example of the lived experience, right? Um, right. I mean, it makes, what I see is I see kids who um, are comfortable saying, I want to do robotics, I don't want to do basketball, you know, and they're, they go right. for it. Um, and they're pursuing what they love, and it just becomes this smoke effect. So, you know, we, we were kind of talking about the dominoes that sort of Correct. fall. It's also possible to create a little bit of an opening, you know, so that kid can have time at home with family to unmask. And then maybe they get a little more comfortable and a friend comes over after school and they unmask Absolutely. it, you know. And then that friend at school at recess and they're comfortable being themselves. You know, it's it goes just tiny little windows of opening. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've, I, as Larita alluded to, I work with a lot of girls, um, autistic girls who mm -hmm. are very often, if they are diagnosed, they're diagnosed later or they're misdiagnosed for a while. And when you get a group of girls together who feel like this, these other people get me, I would, like my favorite sessions with those girls were where I would just ask a question and they would start to give each other suggestions and answers and support. And it was something that I couldn't create anywhere else if I tried. It was because these girls had this environment, this authentic group that they felt comfortable in. Um, and they would talk about how hard it was, you know, outside of there when someone else, you know, someone didn't get them or didn't understand what they meant. Um, and they felt bad and they were sad about it um, and they got bullied. Um, but I will tell you the power of that group of them finding people who they could relate to and could relate to them. I mean, it really made such a huge difference. Um, and and so when you talk about a support network, I, I always try to bring parents into that conversation because, you know, like we've talked about, as time goes by, as years and decades move on, you know, generally society becomes a little bit more accepting of differences. Not all the time, not in every situation. Um, we've still got work to do. <laughs> um, however, that really starts for me with a lot of the conversations that I have with parents, because if you're a parent of a four-year-old now, you know, you grew up, you know, 25, 30, 35 years ago, and things were different, and the expectations were different, and we bring those to the parenting table. And to really sit down and try to unpack that is hard and uncomfortable, and also it's possible. I think I'd mentioned that before, like not just can your child thrive and make progress, you as a parent can feel like you're doing the job that your kid needs to. And it might look very different than if you have a neurotypical child, 
your autistic child might need something very different. And it's not that it's, you're not being a good parent or you're not meeting their needs. In fact, you're being a better parent because you're attending to their needs and you're responding to them differently. And it makes a world of difference for a kid when a parent starts to notice that. Man, I, I told you this was going to be a good episode, guys. I, I told you this was going to be good. I told you. Uh, Dr. Hudson, uh, so one thing I mentioned earlier and I was introducing you also a, um, a school psychologist, correct? You are also a school psychologist. Have you noticed children responding differently when they have that sense of freedom to be themselves? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. But the creativity that you see that you may not have even known existed, the, the ideas, the, the stories, the connections that kids feel comfortable making, um, it's, it, it's really cool and fun to see and hear, but the best part is to watch their body language and ah. and to see someone finally be like, I'm going to tell you everything I know about the planet Pluto. I don't know if even if Pluto's a planet anymore. That's I guess, <laughs> it's, not, it's not any longer. In, two, in 2006, it wasn't a planet. Okay. okay. <laughs> the uh, rock. Called Pluto, I guess maybe we could call it. A dwarf planet is now a dwarf. A dwarf planet. Thank you. Yeah. So if you, you know, when you finally find your group of people where you can talk about that, and it may not be that everyone else loves it, but they are willing to listen to you mm-hmm. and they will like cheer you on. Like I I can speak from what I've seen. Calvin can speak from what he's experienced. You know it makes a big difference. Absolutely. And and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this as a disclaimer. Regardless of what circumstances someone's life may be in, it's all different. Remember, this show is about finding moments of inspiration in our everyday lives. Get it, guys? Everybody's everyday life is different. It doesn't mean one's is better than the other it means our everyday lives whatever your everyday life looks like this shows about finding moments of inspiration in that moment in that space in that time in that place that you call yours and dr hudson what i'm hearing is there could be so many creative people and they were locked behind languages that people have said about us that just isn't true because we just didn't have the right words to say. So we said something else. And because we said something else, the future, the potential that's inside of us has been held back, not because of some diagnosis, but because of some wrong things that may have been said. What if Dr. Kelvin had believed what society was saying? What if Dr. Kelvin had believed he needed a mask? We would not be calling him Dr. Kelvin. Dr. Kelvin said, no, I got to put the brakes on at some point. Mom said, no, if you're not comfortable, you're not going to go. I got to ask this question to everybody that's listening. 
I said, um, well, KO Speaks LLC. Uh, we're a mother and son team. Uh, we offer um, Kelvin's academic coaching. He's going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, I have a parent support group. Uh, it's more of a resource uh, type of group. Uh, a lot of times I get calls where people just want to vent. Uh, they just want to talk with someone who is living it and uh, somebody who can connect. A lot of times it's navigation. Uh, of services, but mm -hmm. someone like Dr. Hudson, uh, individuals who may need more clinical 
uh, services. I'm able to put them in the right direction. I try to keep great people around me for the situations that um, are not in my purview. Um, but um, we set up a plan. We find out exactly what are the challenges and we come up with an action plan. Um, also motivational speaking. Mm. Um, we are open to schools and churches and um, different autism conventions um, as a keynote um, as well as panelists. Um, you can learn more at www.klspeaks.com. Um, our email address is contact at klspeaks.com and you can reach us directly at area code 205. Five six five eight two six one. I think. Uh, let, me put that, let me put that in chat. What's that phone number again? Two zero five five six five eight two six one. I'm dropping that number in chat, guys. That two zero five is a Birmingham, Alabama number representing Birmingham. Dr. Kip, you something to say? Uh, yes, I'm gonna in, in just a second. I want Kelvin to talk a little bit about what he does in academic coaching. But I also want to let you all know in Birmingham. Well, first of all, to encourage all of you around the United States, uh, because I know this uh, podcast is far reaching, um, to definitely connect in your communities to find out uh, different activities that are going on um, throughout the remainder of the month. Um, Saturday, there are two events uh, in the Avondale area in Birmingham. One is the 19th annual Walk for Autism. It begins um, 8 until 12, uh, and it's going to be at Avondale Park. And then the 17th annual Funky Fish Fry uh, is going to be from 1130 to 5 uh, on Saturday uh, at Avondale Brewing Company. Um, there are uh, oh, there are so many different activities. I wanted to, to highlight Midfield City School. Uh, they're going to have an acceptance walk on April the 29th. At 10 a.m., um, Kelvin and I will have a table there to um, give out uh, information. And it's going to begin at the Midfield Board of Education. And I'm going to be in contact soon with everyone uh, about the Autism Speaks Walk in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's going to be Saturday, September the 30th. I'm sponsoring a team, KL Speaks team. I'll be soliciting your support. I uh, would love for you to come out. And that's not until September the 30th. Um, so Kelvin, mm -hmm. uh, did you want to say anything about academic coaching? Oh yeah, absolutely not. So, <laughs> so my mom said, um, I spearhead the academic coaching, um, piece. Um, what sets me apart from other tutors around the country is for one, me living as, um, with Asperger's, I totally understand and get the struggles of neurodivergent um, children and you know teenagers trying to figure their way out academically. And my goal is to provide a service to them um, to, for, for them to easily access material, for them to be able to make, to make the complex simple, be able to just heal those complex layers of that onion to just to its core into its essence so they know oh okay that's what they need um my um subjects of choice are in stem i also help with act and sat prep wow and um another thing i do uh is <clears throat> is dealing with executive functioning skills um really 
you know, they range anywhere from time management, study skills, um, you know, organization, you know, prioritization, those sorts of skills, which are absolutely essential, not just in academia, but really in life in general. I give them that. I give them the tools and the resources and practice um, sessions to be able to deal with those. Now, as a, um, you know, you know, when I was at Georgia Tech, I was uh, dealing with um, tech to teaching and I got a um, you know certificate from there. So me being able to, you know, be an effective teacher is really is a big passion of mine. And um, I want and the reason why I do it as academic coaching is for me to to give back to um, using my you know, God given gifts to them. Um, and that's really what academic coaching is is really all about. And it's for anyone. A lot of people they do think that Kelvin only works his target There are a host of, of other students uh, that work with that uh, that don't have a diagnosis or on the spectrum. But because he's so talented in those STEM subjects, um, he also provides services to anyone who might. Be. That's fantastic, guys. That's fantastic. Uh, Dr. Kelvin, we're gonna wrap it up. Let me ask you this, Dr. Kelvin. Okay, I, I got, I got to let you get the last word in. Got to. Uh, you, you always give us those drop mic moments. Um, uh, like I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna forget uh, that superpower. Remember we did that video, and I still had it in my head. I'm gonna leave it alone. Different story. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Dr. Kelvin. Yes. So somebody's watching right now. I know yeah. somebody's watching. I know. Yeah. Listen to me. I know. I know somebody's watching and listening right now, and they're going to mm -hmm. listen to this later on, all around the world, not just the country, mm -hmm. around the world. All okay? right. And, and they're listening right now, and they feel the only way they can be accepted is to put back on that mask. Maybe they felt strong enough or courageous enough to take it off, or maybe they felt the only way to be accepted to put that mask back on. What would you say to that person? Yeah. I want you... When you have that mask in your hand, this imaginary mask in this hand you see right here, I want you to take that mask off, throw it in the garbage. Let me say that again. Take that mask off in your hand, throw it in the garbage. Be your true self. Now, I understand that's going to be really, I know it's much, much easier said than done. I understand. I know and understand that bullying, manipulation, being taken advantage of, self-esteem issues, all of those are real possibilities. I know I've dealt with them. But the key here is to love yourself enough, to be able to stand in yourself enough to distance yourself from that toxic situation. Remove that toxicity from, that, um, from, from yourself immediately. Now, as I said before, like someone who is a true friend, and I mean a true friend, I would say out of all the people that I've met, I would say I may have like, you know, peers, probably like five true friends that I can count on that I can be myself, right? They will never make you put on a mask in order to fit with them. So based on that, I'd like to give, give like a little like thought uh, exercise to reflect on who your friends are. Like think about all the, all the people you interact with in your daily life. You talk, mm -hmm. like Travis, talk about you talk with them a bunch. Maybe you call them every 
you know, few hours or you, you know, social media on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Reflect on who your friends are. And I want you to ask yourself these two questions. Do they let you be you? Do they accept you with um with your quirks? Will they accept you? Will they let you be you? And the second question is, do you have to pretend to be somebody you're not in order to be in their crowd? Do you have to appease them? Do you have to like the same things they're doing? Do you have to do the same things they're doing in order for them to accept you? If the answer to at least one of those questions is no, you may have to rethink who your friends are because they're not going to be your friends. Almost certainly they're not going to be your friends because then they won't allow you to be yourself and they're just going to drain you. They're, they're just not a good person to be around all the time. So that's one, so that's one thing I want to give um, to those fellow Aspies, as we call them, like, you know, or, you know, on the autism spectrum, make sure you stand in yourself. I mean, it, it's hard out there. And just, you know, just standing yourself, take that mask, throw it in the garbage. Now, for the parents and the caregivers, I also have a, um, a, an important message for you as well. I want to encourage you all to accept your loved ones with, on the spectrum's true self. Accept them. Don't judge. Don't belittle. Don't criticize. Don't be sarcastic. Don't be here. Here's a here's a good example. Like, how can you know all like all this trigonometry stuff? How do you know? I mean, how can you paint like for, for those who are aspiring artists? Like, you draw this very detailed anime picture, or you know, you know all the all the moons of Jupiter and know all the things about airplanes and trains. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I, I've seen it before. But but you can't. But then they say, oh, you can't tie your shoe, or you can't go up to this person and ask for. I I've I've, I've dealt with this in my life so much. Don't do that. Give them their space. Be the support when things become stressful in their lives because it's gonna happen. And the important thing is, don't be the perpetuator of that stress. Don't do wow. it. It just makes things worse. All that is going to happen is that your child or your loved one, whether it be your spouse, your husband, wife, whatever, is going to be rebellious against you. They're going to be in defense mode. They're going to be putting up their shield, trying to protect themselves from you and even and, and mask and unknowingly and just, um, you know, as a as a natural like mechanism for them, they're going to mask and they're just trying to, um, they're going to mask in front of you. We just simply see the world differently than you do. And instead of making us conform to your way of thinking, open up your heart and embrace our differences. That's it. Woo! Mike drop moment. You Dr. <laughs> Kelvin. Wow. Mike. <laughs> Drop moment, guys. I, I told you, uh, Dr. Kelvin, some something special. I told you he is absolutely something special, uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, Dr. Kelvin, and it's a great segue. We'll get ready to close. Great segue. It's about masking and, and, and being someone else. Uh, have you, I don't know about you guys, have you ever watched a TV or movie show 
and they have these masquerade parties. Everybody wears a mask. And the re the requirement, and what's his was strange, the requirement to come into the party, you must wear a mask. The requirement to participate, yeah. you oh, must yeah. wear a mask. You know, you you you, you must wear a mask. It's called a masquerade. And a masquerade is pretending to be someone or something that one is not uh, to posture as someone or something else. You know, you can sit like someone else. You know how we see people that we aspire to be like. And it's okay to aspire to be like someone else. I am not saying not to do that. But when we try to do exactly and copy what they do, we are now masquerading. It's a difference to expire to see someone who has characteristics that you enjoy, that you like, and you would want in your own life, as opposed to if they like chicken, you're going to eat chicken as well. You know you don't like chicken. Why in the world are you forcing yourself to cook? That's called masquerading. When you're engaging in behaviors that are not like who you really are. Uh, while masquerading as, as someone else can be fun, none of us should have to pretend to be something or someone we are not just to be accepted. The fact is, mm -hmm. as uh, uh, the reader said, we all mask sometimes. But the fact is, we are all unique just the way we are. Usually, the price of acceptance with a select few means surrendering our individuality to a remaining majority. Giving up trying to become someone else will leave us all with more time to become ourselves. I... Guys, this has been an absolutely amazing, amazing show. I want to thank Dr. Hudson for yeah. joining us today. <laughs> Big shout out, Dr. Hudson. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hudson. You may as well just keep an email. You will be back yes. on it. Yes. So I promise you, oh, you will be back, Dr. Hudson. And of course, uh, Dr. Kelvin Smith and his mom, Loretta Smith, guys, thank you thank once you. again. Each time uh, I call or she texts or whatever, say, hey, we got to get ready for the show. April's coming up. Yes. Uh, you you guys don't know, this show was in the making last year. Uh, we <laughs> put the, in the month came up. This is what sure we're going to do. Yes, okay. I have no, we, we didn't do it fly by night. Oh, no, 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 no. no. What a fly by night. So <laughs> this was good. This was something that Great we can't job, Travis. No, me. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I sat here. I soaked up everything y'all was saying. I, I, you know me. I just run my big mouth. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Uh, guys, but it's about that time. As always, it's been a real blast, guys. Don't forget to visit our YouTube page. That's coming to the good with a capital T. And don't forget to stream in right here every Thursday, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. To listen to the show. Now you can also download your favorite episode on your favorite streaming platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and so many more. Guys, as always, it's been a real blast to have you here. Before I get out of here, you know how we gotta do it. If you're gonna tell me something, then tell me something good. I'm out of here. I gotta go. Peace. <laughs>
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.